today. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to, uh, actually 5 to 8. Uh, let me pray. Lord, I thank you that your word, it says, is alive and active. And it can even uh, discern our thoughts and our intents and do something in our lives today. Jesus, you were the, the word in the beginning. So we pray through your presence today. Speak to our hearts and touch our lives, and you'll be glorified in all of this. Amen? Amen. Here we go. Second Peter. Uh, we've been diving off this passage for about five weeks, so today is the final time. Uh, we'll, we'll, the final one in the series. I know I said that last week, but I just got this uh, encouragement. I thought I'd just do one more. Uh, next week, you never know. No, it'll be the final one this week. So uh, let's read it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. It says, But also for this reason... Giving all diligence, this is Peter writing, add to your faith virtue to virtue, knowledge to knowledge, self-control to self-control, perseverance to perseverance, godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor what? Unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is Peter's list of to do things. He's got seven of them and he says, add to your faith these things. Um, quite literally, as Peter shares this, he's talking about a literal thought of grabbing, each of them should grab, it's like people grabbing hand in hand and, uh, and walking together. And that's what Peter, in, in, if we look at the original Greek, is kind of intimating, hand in hand, faith. Because you and I know that we can have a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to believe in Him. We come to what the Bible talks about, salvation, being born again. But you know that faith to continue it is sometimes taking other principles and living them out every day. You may say, is it faith enough? Well, yes, it is. But we see very uh, literal truths here, virtues that Peter um, proclaims and shares with us that actually add to the faith to help us to continually walk day by day and grow in our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. So these virtues are wonderful virtues. And the one that I want to speak to you today about and, final, and finally um, finish this series is the one that Peter says, um, add to your faith virtue and add to virtue knowledge. So knowledge, we want to talk about knowledge today. Um, and it's knowledge, uh, knowledge is good because knowledge is what you know, is what you know. If we were to combine all the information uh, from every one of your brains today and put it in a pile, I think it would be quite extensive. I think there'd be, you know, some of us have um, got incredible knowledge on certain subjects and we added together a lot of knowledge. But here's the thing about knowledge. Sometimes there's a gap or a gulf between what we know and actually what we do. Because I can know a lot of stuff, but the Bible challenges us about actually acting on it. Uh, James actually says if you look into a mirror and you know God's Word, or you look into the mirror and you know what you look like, and you walk away and forget what you look like, uh, that's less like knowing God's Word, but never applying it. And so we see uh, uh, Peter is declaring, this is knowledge which becomes truth, uh, because applied knowledge becomes wisdom truth, becomes wisdom when we apply it. And it's a real challenge, because I think sometimes we know what we should do, but we don't do what we should do. We understand what we should do, we know what we, you know, but we don't apply it. And when we apply knowledge, it becomes wisdom and it becomes truth. So the test, if we were to talk today, we'll, um, we'll talk about truth, the knowledge that is applied is truth. 
the test of truth. The test of truth this morning is the test of time. Would you agree? Anything that someone says, this is the absolute truth. This is something you can base your life upon, you can stand upon. It's something that will always be for eternity. And the test of that would have to be the test of time. Because if something, somebody says, this is the truth, and it only lasts for a year, or only you know, lasts for 10 years, uh, you say, well, that wasn't necessarily truth at all. I was reading this article uh, this week in uh, 1890, uh, a German scientist discovered a tr- uh, what they thought was a truth. Uh, they discovered that uh, the same amount of iron, which is in the uh, meat, that is meat that we eat, uh, the, the same amount of iron, uh, which is necessary for, the, for, for our blood system and necessary for the growing of muscles in our body, was found, they, they said, in the uh, spinach. Who remembers, uh, who, who still eats, remembers spinach? Um, in actual fact, that was 1890. So the German scientists, they, they produced this information. They got it out there in the world. And the, it's interesting because in the year 1940 or 1939 to 1945, the Americans in Second World War in 1939 to 1945 were running low on meat. And so they took the information from the German scientists and they said, you know what, we can't get enough meat for our population because there was a lot of soldiers to feed. They said, what we'll do is we'll give them cans of spinach. And so they invented a little cartoon, and that cartoon was what? Oh, you know that one. They know it. Amazing. So, you know, so you, and eventually it became a little animation on television. And, you know, Popeye, he'd, he'd uh, have his, his, uh, his girlfriend would be, um, you know, um, tied up. What was her name? Olive? Olive? And she'd be tied up to a post and Popeye by the baddie and Popeye would come along and he'd sing a little song and he'd get a can and squeeze it and it would automatically go into his mouth and he'd throw muscles on his muscles and he'd save the day and his, and his lady was right and all the baddies were uh, put to, uh, had to flee and Popeye was the hero. And it all became because Americans wanted to, wanted to push this product spinach because they wanted to emphasize how it had incredible qualities, a great, all this iron that you needed because you just can't eat meat. Don't, if you can't get meat, just eat spinach. Mind you, spinach isn't that tasteful. It's pretty tasteless. But, you know, if you mix it with enough sugar and salt and everything else, it's okay. But apparently then it doesn't become good for us. Now, the interesting thing, I share you this story with you. think, what in the world are you talking about? Well, well, I share this story because after the Second World War, guess what? The Americans found out that the German scientists had actually made a mistake about spinach. Uh, because they found out that when they put the numbers down on paper and said this is what spinach is, the same equal value in iron to meat, they found out that they missed out, uh, uh, they, they missed out by declaring it by a factor of 10. And so they put the decimal, spot, uh, decimal point in the wrong place. And so spinach was actually 10 times less value in iron to what meat was. And all the time the Americans are eating spinach and more spinach. And the truth is for just a portion of 200 grams, you'd have to eat a barrel full of spinach to get the same iron. Who wants to do that? And so the reality was, is that here we have something that was declared as a factual truth. Over time, over 45 years, it was discovered it wasn't true because of a mistake they'd made with a decimal point. So we can see the test of time will determine uh, what is true and not true. 2,500 years earlier, there was a man called Isaiah who wrote down something in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8 in the Bible. 
And he said this, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. And you know what? The word of God still stands today forever. So if we're looking for the test of time on God's word, there's incredible evidence and proof that it stands forever. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing because the truth of what God wrote way back in Genesis and established some of the principles that we live our life by, a man and a woman uh, in marriage still stands today as a truth. And when we go against that truth, there are all types of pains and hurts evolve. Would you agree? So there's truth in God's Word. It stands forever. It doesn't fade away. It doesn't, it's not flippant. God's truth doesn't just come and go. It stands forever, the truth of God's Word. And we could stand upon it. The one thing about our faith in Jesus Christ is it does not have to be connected to the grass and the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow. In other words, our faith and our hope and our joy and our confidence is grounded, can be grounded upon the truth of the Word of God, which actually stands for what? How long? Forever. Something solid, something that has stood the test of time and will continue to stand the test of time. When we learn uh, to connect our faith and hope and joy and confidence to the promises of God, rather than connecting it to the seasons that we are in, Maybe you're in a season, certain season today. When we learn to connect all those things to the promises rather than the season, we're able, because that's what it's saying in this verse in Isaiah, isn't it? It says, flowers and grass fade, you know, in winter they fade, but in spring they come forth again, don't they? So when we learn to um, uh, learn to connect our faith to these things, we're able to ex- we will be able to experience the season. We'll be able to grow through the season. We'll be able to journey through those seasons without being ruled by the season. When we have, a, we have a, a, a something solid that we can stand on, knowing this is the truth. All of us want that. And this season we're going through, COVID season, I know it hasn't affected country Queensland that much. But it's a different season. I've never been through a season like this. And, you know, and sometimes in my th- thoughts over the last, you know, 18 months, especially in, when we couldn't meet, uh, it did affect us for about three months, we couldn't meet as a church uh, for, from March, June, uh, you know, right through to July. Um, I was thinking, well, what's going to happen? What's the future going to look like? Uh, you know, and um, I'm glad that, you know what, there was something we could all stand on that's greater than just a church service or greater than any church. It's Jesus Christ. It says He's the rock. And we can stand upon His principles. And so, um, whatever we are experiencing, uh, no matter what the situation is you're facing, even today, whatever that season looks like for you, I'm convinced that God's Word still stands um, uh, appropriate and relevant for you today. There's something solid. So, in saying all that, can we turn to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 3? We're going to take this little passage uh, and we're going to read further verses. But let me read the first three verses of this story because this is the story, iconic story, of when Jesus and Peter, uh, the disciple, met and Peter's life was changed forever. And from there, we're going to dive off into some incredible principles of truth. So, number one, uh, verse one, Luke chapter five. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. Who's the multitude? It's the group of people. Who's the pressed about? Who pressed about Jesus? As he stood by the lake of Galilee. 
that interesting word. Uh, it's not, uh, it's, it's, you know, anyway, don't worry about it. It's Galilee. That's the same word as Galilee. Uh, in verse 2, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, which is Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. We'll read the rest of the verses later as we go through it. But um, here we see uh, what's happening on the shores of Galilee. I want to talk to you this morning in regards to truth about three voices that you'd never let have the last say in your life. Three voices that will come our way, maybe today, tomorrow, this week, certainly for our sometime in our lifetime, that we should never have let have the last say. Here's the first voice you should never let have the last say. And that is, you should never let our feelings have the last say. Our feelings. Let's look at the story in relation to this thought. Peter, on this particular day, is washing his nets on the shoreline of Galilee. As he's washing his nets, he notices a crowd forming not very far from him. And the crowd's getting larger and larger. And there's a man standing there um, sharing a message, some kind of rabbi, some kind of teacher speaking. Now, Peter had heard about this guy. He's, apparently he was called Jesus of Nazareth. And as, it, as the crowd grew, Jesus got closer to where Peter was. And finally, the crowd was so big, Pete, Jesus was up against the shoreline and he saw Peter's boat. And basically, he hopped in Peter's boat and he must have inquired of Peter, can you just push the boat out a little bit? I want to just use your boat as a platform, like a floating pulpit, so that I can then kind of give more, um, a more uh, uh, clout to, to what I want to share. So, Because the crowd was growing and pushing in on Jesus. And so this way, uh, he was able to kind of see the crowd and speak to them. And so he's hopped in the boat. And as he's uh, hopped in the boat, of course, Peter is tired. Peter is weary. He's been fishing all night because he's a fisherman, as fishermen knew, in uh, those who lived in Jerusalem and around the Lake of Galilee and Judea, is that, you know, the best fishing was at nighttime. Every fisherman knew that, apparently. I didn't know that, but that's apparently how the best fishing for them, anyway, was at nighttime. And he'd fished all night, hadn't caught, did he catch anything? Nothing. He caught nothing. And so Peter is not just tired and weary. He's also uh, probably a little frustrated. He's caught nothing. Um, and so and Jesus hops in his boat, you know, and Peter was probably ready to knock off for the day. It was probably maybe 7 o'clock in the morning. I've fished all night. I've cleaned my nets. It's time to go. And Jesus wants to hop in my boat. Okay. Let him, let him have his say. And so Peter continues to do a little th things around the boat as Jesus shares a message of hope. Have you ever noticed how God can jump in your boat at the most inconvenient times? Have you ever noticed how Jesus, Jesus knew that Peter was tired and ready to go home? It's now not the best time, but Jesus still asked Peter, let me, let, help me share a message of hope uh, by letting me hop in your boat. Um, Jesus was asking Peter, let me use your life as a platform uh, for others to hear a message of hope. Uh, opportunity to help and love on someone can come at a most inconvenient time. And for Peter, it was probably the most inconvenient. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I've been out all night. Just give me a break. And now you want to hop in my boat. Uh, all these things are happening. 
But it's interesting because Peter, though he felt tired, would rather maybe go home. He didn't allow his feelings to dictate to him. Remember, don't let your feelings have the last say. He didn't allow his feelings to dictate to him and let Jesus, he let Jesus enter his boat and he pushed it out away so Jesus could preach. So you see, I need and you need today to, to be deliberate about how we let God use our lives for His purposes because if we're not careful, we can become, uh, sorry, if we're not careful and deliberate about it, we can become, let feelings, being feeling driven, uh, where we let our feelings dictate our decisions in life. And who knows, feelings are like flowers and grass of the field that come and go. They're seasonal. Nothing wrong with feelings. Sometimes we've got feelings of, feelings of grief. We've got feelings of excitement. We've got feelings of sadness. But don't let them have the last say. Feelings. We've got to stand on some truth, don't we? And Peter is in this situation feeling tired, hungry, and yet, thankfully, and to his credit, he felt, though he felt tired, he let Jesus use him and his boat as a platform to proclaim a message of hope. Jesus shares, and as he shares the word of God, which is the truth, people crowd around, and Peter was a part of what was happening. He didn't surrender the truth for a feeling he had at that very moment. Who knows? Feelings are like this. They're up and down. But the truth is constant and consistent. And Peter acknowledged that somehow, and he let Jesus do what he wanted to do. Peter was a part of that happening. He didn't surrender the truth for a feeling, as I said at that moment. Don't surrender truth for a feeling. Don't surrender truth for a feeling. Don't let feelings have the last word in your life. I, 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 on many occasions, two or three occasions, when I've been shopping, um, my precious wife has given me a list. Uh, you know, on the way home from maybe from the office here, I will ring her and say, honey, uh, uh, on my way home, she said, would you go to Woolworths? I said, not a problem. Could you text that to me? Um, you know, because she starts to tell me, you know, and 10 items. Which man can remember 10 items? I don't know. Anyway, ladies, just text. I say, honey, I can't remember 10 items, uh, but I'm a male. Could you just send me the, just text them to me. She texts them to me. I go, I go into the shopping center at Woolworths down there at, uh, at the mall. I grab my trolley. Now, I'm on a mission, folks. I know I've got, you know, I've got to get home, and then I've got another appointment at 6 o'clock. So I've, I'm on a mission to get this job done quickly. Every man goes shopping on a mission. It's a mission. It's not a journey. Ladies, you can look at every item on every shelf for the whole 10 um, rows. That's okay. But men, it's a mission. I'm going to get in, get it, get out. Any men agree? Yeah, okay. Um, I don't have to look at every item. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but so I'm, I'm there, and you know, as I go along the, uh, along the aisles, I notice, uh, um, you know, maybe three or four meters in front of me, there's an item has fallen off the shelf, and it's sitting on the ground. Maybe someone's dropped it, maybe someone's pushed it, maybe someone's just left it there. I don't know what's happened, but I see that item sitting on the ground, and I have this little discussion with myself, and two or three occasions this has happened, and the discussion goes like this, oh, who would leave an item? First of all, I'm kind of... <sighs> They shouldn't leave items. Someone could run over it. It could spill everywhere, whatever. And I'm thinking, someone needs to pick that up. Someone needs to pick that up. Where are the Woolworths workers around here? They should be picking this stuff up. Put it back on the shelf, you know. And, and then I get this, this thought. You pick it up. I think, no, I've got, I've got 15 minutes to do the shopping. Why should I pick it up? Someone else has left it there. It wasn't my fault. All the excuses come. I get closer. 
and the, you know, I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, that little voice keeps on speaking, and I say, no, <laughs> I'm busy. I've got, I'm feeling pressured for time here. I get about a meter and a half past the item, and the voice doesn't give up. Maybe it's my conscience. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's whatever. And so I turn around. I back up. I've done it. I've backed it. I pick it up. I put it back on the shelf. And I'm feeling now really good about myself, even though I didn't want to do it, even though I'm pressured for time. It took only six seconds, you know. Sometimes things don't take as long as you think. Just It might be inconvenient, but it doesn't. It's, it's a moment that you need to take. And now I'm thinking, I wonder if the camera saw me. My ego kind of kicks in. <laughs> I've done something really good here. Maybe they'll give me a $50 voucher from Woolworths free so I can, you know, if I do this enough, you know, I'll smile. <laughs> no. Now, as frivolous as my little illustration is, sometimes, uh, folks, we allow the feelings of this world to dictate to us the life that we live. And, you know, we need to come back it up a little bit sometimes. And we need to pick up the truth of what God really says about your circumstance. Uh, this is not forever. This is, there is a hope and a future in Him. And we need to hang on to something that's truthful and not just seasonal. Feelings come and go in our lives. I think we've got the point this morning. Second thing, second thing. If, if feelings, we don't allow your feelings to have the final word. Here's the, here's the next thing. Don't allow your disappointments to have the final word in your life. Your disappointments. Let's look at verse 4 and 5 of the same story, Luke chapter 5. When he had stopped speaking, that's Jesus, he said to Simon, Hey, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, that's Jesus, Master, we have toiled all night and we have caught nothing. You know, I've been out there. I've thrown the net over lots of times, pulled up nothing. I've pulled, I've come up zilch. Sounds like some of my fishing stories, my fishing experiences. Uh, nothing has gone uh, fishing. It just hasn't happened. But then Peter says this, um, at your word, I'll let down the net at your word. Um, do you notice Jesus says, launch out the deep and let down your nets for a catch? He doesn't say, launch out the deep and let down your nets for maybe a catch, possibly a catch. Or let's just, uh, Peter, let's just go for another fishing trip. You know, I want to go do some fishing. No, no, no. He says, let down your nets for a catch. I love the way God speaks to us. He never speaks in possibilities or just maybes. He speaks truth to us, church. He speaks honestly. He speaks factual. And so Peter says, you know what? At your word, I'll do it. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I want to go home. My wife's at home. Uh, you know, she's got a hot breakfast uh, and, uh, you know, and uh, bed is waiting. And yet at your word, I'll do it. Does that, you know, when you give all you've got, when you've fished all night and come up empty, uh, when you've prayed and nothing's happened, uh, you know, when you've stepped out of faith and it hasn't worked, uh, when you have trusted God for healing and it's not getting better, and you end up with, uh, you can end up sometimes feeling a little disappointed. You feel a bit frustrated. And that moment in our journey, you can start to feel like you want to um, quit and give disappointment the final word. That's the time where you need to say, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to go again. Because God says, I'm good. You know, all things are possible in Christ Jesus. Whatever promise you need of His, whatever truth you need of His to stand on, because the circumstances will be screaming disappointment at you. 
the interesting thing about Peter, and this is where maybe someone needs to hear this today, is that when Jesus said to Peter, let's go back out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch, and Peter said, <laughs> at your word, okay, all the way out, Peter's probably going, why am I doing this? Why am I doing He lets down his nets, and as he lets down the nets, he catches more fish than he's ever caught, and actually says he has to ask John and James to come over and help him, and they fill both boats so that the boats are about to sink. That's a lot of fish. Peter's never seen so many fish. So what I'm just saying is this, for someone today, if you would allow God to take you back to the place where maybe you experience disappointment and allow God's word to be a sl- uh, something strong and, a, and foundational to your life, you might find that place of disappointment becomes a, f- a place of abounding and a place of fruitfulness and a place of blessing. But you've got to trust Him. And for you, maybe you can think of there's some disappointment. You think that's just an arid, no-go zone. But you know what? Sometimes God takes us back to bring us through. And sometimes we can't go come through until we go back. And whatever it may take, maybe back there's got to be some forgiveness. Maybe back there's got to be some um, pain you've got to face. You've got to face those things before you can come forward again. And He wants to take you back to the place of disappointment to make it a place that abounds with fruitfulness in your life. That's the kind of God we serve, and that's the truth He wants to share with us. Right there was probably a really good point for you just to say, Amen. Oh, about 10 of us. Okay. when we want to quit that's when we got to stop and say i'm not going to let disappointment have the last say in my life i was uh, about 35 years ago i i, uh, I had this grand idea of becoming a, a professional surfer <laughs> it didn't last for very long but i grabbed someone's board and one day i was at agnes waters and I went out into the surf, and it was about just over a meter. It wasn't too big, wasn't too small. And I jumped on my board. You know, I was deluded, I know, but at least I, I you know, I had a dream. And uh, as I jumped on that board, and I caught the first wave that I thought I could catch, I realized all of a sudden that I was too far forward on the board because the nose was going down. It was nothing like Kelly Slater. The nose wasn't kind of, you know, it was just heading down. And as it went down, I thought, you know, I tried to shift my weight back on the board. So you're trying to paddle and you're trying to shift your weight. doesn't happen so well. And as the board went down, 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 it hit the sand. And then my face had an intimate relationship with the sand below. And, uh, and it's kind of scraped it all, my nose right along. I think I created, I've got a fairly big nose. So it created quite a, a burrow in the sand. Uh, thankfully, I got up. Uh, a bit wounded, but I wasn't, nothing was broken. And uh, <laughs> the truth is, I said, well, that's it. That's the end of my career. Once, I've only ever been on a surfboard once, and I thought, that's it. I'm never going to go do it again. I allowed disappointment to have the last say. Uh, the truth is, if you worry, don't worry, I don't need you to come and help me with surfing. I've given up that dream. It actually only lasted for 10 minutes. Um, so I don't need you to teach me. It's okay. I'm past the point of surfing. It's fine. I can live with that. Are you okay with that? But the reality is sometimes, as fri- once again, as frivolous as my story is, you've, once, you've faced some disappointments and there's disappointments that are really crucial in your life and you need to sometimes face those things. And so you know what? I need to stand on something of God's word and truth for me to come through that. Maybe today you're facing a disappointment. You need to stand up. Like Peter, 
he's an example to us because all because Peter was honest enough to admit to Jesus, I've toiled all night, I've caught nothing, but Peter chose to put more faith in Jesus' promise that he would catch fish if he just let down our nets, then he put faith in his own disappointment. I tried, I threw out my nets all night, I didn't catch a thing, and now you want me to go back out? Well, at your word, I will do that. <laughs> at your word, if, it, if anybody else know, but at your word, I'll do that. I'll lower the nets again. See, in your season, you have to make a decision that your actions are not going to be shaped by your biggest disappointment. That your actions are not going to be shaped. Instead, let, your, let my actions and my words and my attitudes be shaped by the word and the promises of God that are unmovable. They're forever. Don't lower your faith level to the, to the level of disappointment, but rather lift your faith to the level of God's word, God's truth. Don't let disappointment have the final word in regard to your health. Come on. Don't let depression and disappear have the despair have the final word in your life. God wants to speak into your life, into your soul, into your heart. He wants light and truth and hope to be birthed in your heart. Even today, don't allow disappointment put a full stop on your life. Don't let it have the final what? Say. Here's the third thing. Third thing that the, the voice that we do not let ne need to let this voice have the final say. The third thing is don't give your, your failings the final say, but trust God with your future. Don't let your failings, I blew it here, have the final say. Luke chapter 5, verses 8 to 11. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet. He, what did he see? He saw the amount of fish that he'd caught. And he said this, Desperate, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he uh, and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch what? Men. So when you have brought their, uh, brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed who? Him, Jesus. So when Peter sees the amount of fish that they've caught, he realizes that this is not normal. I've never caught this amount of fish. I've never had my boat about to sink because of the catch of fish. And then he looks at Jesus and said, this man's not normal. This rabbi or this teacher that is standing here in front of me, he's not normal. Could he be? Could he possibly be what has been foretold throughout Scripture? Because Peter had the Old Testament, didn't have the New. It was being written and wrote, you know, yet to be written. So he knew about the promised Messiah, the Son of God. He thought, dare I believe that this man could be that Messiah? Now, I'm giving you something that isn't there, but I think Peter could see. We read between the lines. Peter's thinking, so the chaos of sorting out the fish comes second to the chaos of sorting out where Peter stands in relation to the Messiah, the Son of God. And Peter does what each of us rightly do when we stand before God. We see Him holy and perfect, and we see how sinful and imperfect we are. And Peter says, Jesus, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. But the way Jesus responds to Peter is really noteworthy, because Jesus doesn't crush Peter for his imperfections, but rather Jesus chooses to overwhelm Peter with his goodness overwhelm him with his goodness and you may think God wants to punish you for your imperfections and sin but the truth is God wants to show his mercy and kindness to us because the scripture says in Romans 2 4 I'll give you a part of the verse it says God's kindness leads us to what repentance 
And you may say, well, I'm far too, I'm too far gone. I've done it too many times. I've blown my life. I've just done the wrong things far too much. And yet we see in Romans 5.20, it says, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. That's the kind of God that reaches out to you this morning. In His love and compassion for humanity, um, He says, you're never too far this side of uh this side of the grave you're never too far gone and my kindness towards you is that I give you time to respond to me time to respond and so we see Peter himself went on to be a disciple of Jesus in actual fact he was the lead disciple of the 12 and became a leader of the early church who literally shaped history a history that we are now basking in we enjoy because of Peter and people like him women and men who gave their lives to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and rose to the occasion at that moment in history uh, to do incredible and amazing things. I want to encourage us this morning. Peter didn't let his failings have the last word in his life, just like he didn't let his feelings have the last word in his life. You can, the whole team can come, actually. And didn't, don't let your disappointments have the last word in your life. I want to I ask you this morning, maybe there's a, a disappointment that you have. Maybe there's a feeling that you've been nagging at your heart and it just frustrates, you know, just creates heartache. Or maybe there's a failing in your life. You think, I'm too far gone. I want to tell you today, don't let them have the last say in your life. This, uh, this week, well, actually a week and a half ago, I had a phone call from our local funeral director and said, could you have a funeral at your church Friday, which is just two days ago. And I said, yeah, tell me a little bit more information. And they said, it's going to be um, a certain person in our community, which is well-known person. They said, it's going to be big. I said, how big? Four or 500 people are going to come to this funeral. I said, oh, man, we can only fit 280 in the building with the wall, the, the operable wall um, pushed back. You can only fit 280. They said, that's okay. Do whatever you can. I think, well, that's easy for you to say. I, you know, conch, I didn't say that. I just was thinking it. And then as we, the week went on, you know, proposals were made. We'll use the hall at the back and we'll do a live feed to a television. And then we'll have a marquee at the front. And we'll put chairs and, and, and have a live feed to, a, you know, a television or a screen out there. And, and so I'm thinking it all through. I'm thinking, what, how can we do it? How we can do it? So I, Malcolm and I set up chairs through the week and put a, got a television located. And then we tried to do the technology with the help of other people in our church. And the technology just wasn't enough. We just didn't quite have the ability. I know it's possible, but it just was not possible in the time frame that we had. And so I was feeling disappointed about that. And then, and then you know, and I'm thinking four to five hundred. How are we going to fit them in, you know? We, uh, you know, we can only do the right thing by COVID and have so many. And, and so we set up chairs out here with a couple speakers and... And so we tried our best, and right the way through the week, even though I'm trying and getting full stops and certain things, and it's just not happening as I thought it should happen, I started to get disappointed. And I started to have feelings of frustration. <laughs> this is not happening. And then, wouldn't you believe it, the re reality was, as I started to feel, this, we, we don't pull this thing off. It feels like I was a, a bit of a failure. You know, you get these voices, don't you? But all the way through the week, I get this whisper in my heart, and ultimately, I think it was God just saying, I've got it. You try your best. If it doesn't happen, tell you what, I've got it. I've got it. And as Friday morning rolled on and half past nine came about, the auditorium here, we pushed back that wall. We had 280 plus seats here. Um, and uh, 
the people started to file in. And it filled up and it filled up. And you know what? It stopped about 280 and maybe there was about 20 people outside. So maybe there was 300. I thought, God, you've had it all along. I just need to, I, I just sometimes just need to trust you. I can do my best, but in the end, I just need to trust you. And, and, and you know, we had to sort out sound and, and a data projector person and we had to get things happening and it unfolded well. And I said, God, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. Because I think sometimes, folks, we, we need to read of his promises more than we do. If it, because, you know, sometimes it's more than just a logos truth in the Bible. It's just more than just words. It becomes can sometimes become a rima or revelation truth that you need right now in your life as you read him. He can speak to you. And I'm just so glad that I didn't give disappointment or my feelings of frustration or my feeling, I'm just, it's, if it fails, you know, it's going to be seen as a bit of a failure. I didn't give that the last say, but I thank you that I have a God that says, you know what, you need to stand on the truth. And right now you may be in a circumstance that just wants to speak to you these these negative things and just say, this is where it's at. And you're never going to go any further. It's like, a, it's like a, a century, like a soldier that says, this far and no further. You need to push through and say, look out, I'm coming through. Not because of my ability or my greatness, but just simply because I have a God who always says the victory is His and can be ours. Can we stand this morning? You're quiet today. Are you cool? Is everybody there? It must be either really interesting, so you're writing so much notes, or, or it's just, I don't know, but that's okay. Someone particularly today... The word for you today is God wants to take you back to a place that's been a disappointment. He wants to make it abound, incredibly fruitful. But it's going uh, to take you just pushing through it into what He has for you. Standing on something better than you've been standing on lately. So we're going to just worship for a moment. Then I want to just pray for you. Come on, let's just worship. Thanks, team.